Good morning. morning. Welcome to Ripley Community Church. My name is Sam. I'm one of the pastors here. It is so good to be here with all of you this morning. Uh, Before I get too far in, uh, many of you know our student pastor, Danny Clark. He is actually, if you're looking for him today, he's not here. This is kind of a fun note because maybe some of you know him and know his wife was expecting, his wife Lindsay was expecting. They had a baby girl on Friday, so that's really fun. Uh, so if you're looking for Danny today, he's not here. He's doing what he's supposed to be doing, Danny. You be, better be doing what you're supposed to be doing, taking care of your wife. That's what you're supposed to be doing. So hopefully he's there. Uh, we're so grateful for them that that was all safe and healthy and good. Um, this morning, we're, we're in the midst of the series we're calling Foretold, and it's a, a series all about Advent and, and thinking about this preparation for Jesus to come into the world. And, and when I was a kid, I, I loved the series of Advent, the time of Advent, um, because well, as a kid, I got to like light some candles, and you give a kid fire, he's going to love it. So for me, I loved that so much. But even more than that, even more than that, there's something about lighting a candle and then giving it some meaning giving it this, this thing to look to. Last week, we lit the first candle, which was the candle of hope. And as you think about the candle of hope, it's this flickering flame that even in a dark room like this, everybody can see, everybody can look to, everybody can see from across the room. And we talk about how Jesus was like that and is like that. In a dark world, the flickering flame of Jesus is the one that draws people to him. And it's powerful, it's hopeful. This week, we light a different candle. This candle, we signify as God's love. It's significant of God's love. Now, as we think about the word love, we throw that word around quite a bit. It's it's not because we're doing anything wrong. It's just a fitting word for a lot of situations. For example, I love tacos. Who's with me? Who loves tacos? I love tacos. I love all different kinds of tacos. Doesn't matter what kind. It could be Taco Bell tacos. It could be those like really authentic ones, you know, with the onion and the cilantro and different meat. And then you put the the lime on top with a warm corn tortilla. How many was craving those right now? It's delicious. It sounds so good. I love tacos. Doesn't matter which kinds they are. But, But the fact that I love tacos is actually quite a bit different from the fact that I love my wife, Meg, or I love my kids, or I love this church family. Those loves are different. There's a lot of different uses or ways we can use that word love. And it's not that one's wrong or right. It's, it's just we're talking about different kinds of love. And when we talk about God's love, The love that's offered to us through Jesus, the loving act that begins to culminate with the birth of Jesus, let's be careful to note that it's a very specific kind of love. It's not the I love tacos kind of love. It's different than that. So what is it? What is it? What does God's love actually look like? Today, we're going to get a better understanding of what God's love looks like. We're going to have a more full concept as we walk out these doors of what God's love is versus what the word love is often thrown around to be. They are different things. And essentially, to get down to it, when you drill down to it, it's really what we're really talking about to grasp it is this discussion that's been happening for thousands of years. This discussion about who God is and about God's character. Did you know, did you know that God has a name? 
God has a name, and it's actually this name that's been repeated over and over and over and over and over again in the Old Testament. And it's actually not just repeated. It's, it's more than a name. It's more like a description of God's character. It's repeated over and over and over again in the Bible. And essentially, it describes what God is like. In Deuteronomy, it's referenced like this. It's Deuteronomy 7, 9. It says this, Understand, therefore, that the Lord your God is indeed God. He is the faithful God who keeps his covenant for a thousand generations and lavishes his unfailing love on those who love him and obey his commands. Now in those verses, there's this phrase, this phrase, unfailing love. That's how translators have translated a Hebrew word and that Hebrew word is this, it's hesed. It looks like this, right? Hesed. It looks like you say it hesed, but you got to get like in the back of your throat, you know, like hesed. Can you try that with me? Ready? Hesed. Try it one more time. Hesed. It's fun. You're going to say it all day now. It's going to be fun. <laughs> but that word hesed, it literally means goodness, kindness, faithfulness. Whenever the Bible talks about God's love, this is very often the word that's used. It's hesed. It's saying God is good. God is kind. God is faithful. God's filled with hesed. That's what God's love looks like. God's love looks like goodness and kindness and faithfulness. Think about that for a minute. Think about that. God is, God's love is good. God's love is kind. God's love is faithful. Can you think of things or, or people that are good and kind and faithful? In your mind right now, can you picture those people? Can you picture those things? Good, kind, faithful. I was thinking about that this week, and, and something really strange came to mind, because, because those are the obvious ones, right? Like, I think of my wife Meg, or, or my family members, or, or many of you, so many of you are the epitome of goodness and kindness and faithfulness. I, I know you, and I know that about you. But, but this week, I had kind of a strange thought. It was a little bit weird. Um, and it, it, you know what came to my mind this week? It happened on the treadmill, so forgive me. It's kind of a weird thing. But the thing that came to my mind was this. Sermons are written in the weirdest places. If you guys only knew um, where I sometimes write sermons. Um, I was right on the tre- walking on the treadmill, running on the treadmill, and this thought came to my mind that, that God's love has similar characteristics to a workout program. And you're like, you're weird, Sam. And I'm like, yeah, that's okay, that's strange. And you'd be right, but stick with me for, this mo- for a moment. It's crazy. Uh, for starters, how many of you have read a uh, goal-setting article online or heard a goal-setting already? It's like December 4th. And like they're already, I've read like three of them already. I've seen like three of them. They're everywhere. And, and it's just wild. Like it makes me a little sick to think that the new year is already basically here, but there you go. But here's the thing. All of them say the same thing. And it's true for workouts and fitness, but it's basically true for any possible goal you could set. You ready for it? Nod your heads with me. You ready for it? Okay. The most important component of achieving any goal, it's not intensity. It's not passion. It's not the sophistication of the plan. It's not the reminders on your phone. And it's not the app that helps you track things. It's consistency. 
consistency. And it makes sense. I mean, even if you just go by the numbers, I get this, if you were to put in two hours of work, like for five straight days a week, two hours of working out over the course of a month, you'd end up with about 40 hours of working out. But then if you stopped at the end of that month and you got to the end of the year, very little would be different about you, right? Like one month of working out, 11 months of not working out, you're basically the same person. Now, think of it this way. If it's, if it's 30 minutes, five days a week for an entire year, you know how many hours that is? That is 130 hours over the course of a year compared to 40 hours over a course of a year. 30 minutes a day for a whole year. It's so much better. That's the difference between this and this. <laughs> Obviously, I haven't done it yet, right? <laughs> Get that off, okay? <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Strangely enough, this is how I see God's love. It's consistent. It's daily. It's faithful. It's the long-lasting, never-ending, always showing up, always available, always working, always pursuing you kind of love. It doesn't have hot and cold days. It doesn't have on weeks and off weeks. It's just always there. God's love defines faithfulness. It's unfailing. God's love equals consistent action over time. Faithfully showing up over the long haul. And it's described over and over again in the Bible. Check out what it says in Psalm 89. It says, I will sing of the Lord's unfailing love, chesed, forever. Young and old will hear of your faithfulness. Your unfailing love will last forever. Your faithfulness is as enduring as the heavens. The Lord said, I have made a covenant with David, my chosen servant. I have sworn this oath to him. I will establish your descendants as kings forever. They will sit on your throne from now until eternity. Faithful, consistent, constant, has said, there's a reason they translate that Hebrew term as unfailing love. It's because that's the kind of love we're talking about when we're talking about God. Not all loves are, are created equal. God's love is, is above them all. And the, the last part of that verse, the part of, of King David's throne being established forever, that's actually a prophecy. That's a prophecy predicting Jesus. That was God foretelling, our series right now, foretelling, telling us ahead of time about Jesus coming to earth to reign as king. A king that would be king for forever. But it's bigger than even that. It's deeper than even that. It's even more unfailing than that is. It's this love, it didn't come into existence when Jesus was born as a human. This love existed since before the beginning of time. It was literally the thing through which everything was created. Jesus is the literal expression of God's creative, lasting, faithful, and kind love. We, we learn this actually in, in the very first verses of the Gospel of John. There's, there's four books about Jesus. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John tell the story of Jesus' life. In the very beginning of John, it starts with this. It says, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God. 
and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. Our candles today. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone who's coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people and even they rejected him. But to all who believed and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They're reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Jesus is the embodiment of God's love. Maybe you've felt that. Maybe you've been curious about that too. I mean, have you? Have you experienced this, this yearning, this desire for something that, that fills the, this hole inside of you? this safety that you're hoping for, this value that you're desiring, this, this compassion and justice that you wish existed, that you knew should be here, you need and you want and you hope for it, you're, you're craving it. It's the desire for these things that only God can give us. Sometimes I, I think we wonder why we have that thing there, right? That kind of desire and and we maybe even wonder why people talk about Jesus being the only one who can satisfy that need that all of us experience. This is it. Like what we just read, this is it. It's because it was out of his love that we were created. Jesus is what home feels like. Because Jesus is where we originated from his fingerprints, his DNA, his very, his very being is imprinted throughout the world and not just the world, but inside of us. Curious question for you this morning. Do you, do you know what makes a good love story? Think about it for a second. I'll tell you, I think there are two things that, especially when it comes to Hollywood, two things that make a good love story. Number one is this. Uh, love letters and waiting. Two things that make a good story. It's, it's why many of the like, Hollywood love stories have in, involved where, where somebody goes off to war. Because when someone goes off to war, what has to happen? Love letters and waiting. It's a test of attrition. A test to see if their love can endure. Distance, they say, makes the heart do one of two things. It either makes the heart grow fonder or not. <laughs> one of those two. 
You experience this connection and then you have to wait to experience it again. The the letters are what hold you over. You hang on the words until you can see that person again. I I spent four years, uh, about six hours drive from my wife, went to colleges in two different places. It's about five and a quarter hours if it needed to be on that drive. Um, But but it was tough, right? It stung sometimes because you're so far away from the person you care about. But, But being able to endure that and having that heart grow fonder, maybe even more certain that she was the girl I was going to marry. The, the best love stories, they're the kind that require some love letters and waiting. Do you know what Advent practices as Christians? Rereading the love letters. Rereading the letters. Remembering we had to wait. Remembering we had to wait. God's love is love because it's willing to wait. God's love is in a category of its own because it lasts. It's not momentary, it's enduring. This lead up to Christmas, when we read these letters that were written anciently before Jesus was even born, reminds us of God's enduring, unfailing, chesed kind of love. My love for tacos? the passing and occasional craving. God's love for us, it is as constant as the breath in our lungs. It was a promise made and a promise kept. Centuries of letters sent to us to remind us of that promise. And then that breathtaking moment of that love being confirmed true when Jesus was born into this world. And of course, it didn't stop there. It was followed by a life lived by Jesus that taught and embodied God's truest kind of love. The kind of love that teaches us that the most important commandments are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And then also, in addition to that, to love your neighbor as yourself. Love God, love others. Jesus' existence in the world was this seismic shift in the history of humanity because because he shows us what, what home feels like. He shows us what God's love looks like. And in doing so, he inspired countless acts of love and kindness that have shaken the fabric of this world in some of the best, most positive ways. Uh, Fun fact for you, I saw this the other day. Um, This research by this group called Barna that researches a bunch of different trends and stuff, especially in the church. And this research by Barna, this year, it's not even out yet, but somebody posted about it that works there. It said this, Christian philanthropy accounts for 70% of all American philanthropy in 2022. At 300 billion total dollars, Christians also outgave the U.S. government in addressing global poverty. Does that blow your mind? I mean, even 2,000 years later, followers of Jesus still can't help but give away God's love because they've experienced it themselves. It's just what we do. It's just who we are, whether it's giving with money, it's whether it's serving other people or taking care of other people. The thought that came to my mind today or this, this week was this. Uh, how much different is our world? Like we live in a dark world some days, but, but how much better is it because of Christians who love Jesus and because they've been given to by Jesus, give to others? How much less hurt is there? How much less darkness is there because of him, because of us following him? We give because God gave to us 
When I say I love tacos, what I'm really saying is I like tacos because I crave them and enjoy the flavor and the stomach satisfaction they give me. The love for tacos rarely lasts, especially if the tacos are from certain fast food joints. I think they call that a love-hate relationship. But when God said he's the God of unfailing love, what he's saying is that he cares for us and sustains us and gives good gifts to us even when he doesn't get anything in return from us. I was reading uh, an author by the name of John Mark Comer the other day, and he described love in this way. He said, love is this, the compassionate commitment of the heart to delight in the souls of another and to will that person's good ahead of your own, no matter the cost to yourself. That's a fancy way of saying caring for others and wanting good for others, even if you're not, if you're going to have a cost yourself, ahead of the, the good for your own, right? Even ahead of your own. Another person's good ahead of your own, no matter the cost to you, that's a different kind of love, isn't it? This Advent season, here's my challenge for us. As we, as we think about representing Jesus well and having that be the mission of us as a church, my challenge for you this Advent season is to pick one person or one family to love with God's kind of love. Now, a couple rules. Can't be your spouse or significant other. Can't be kids or parents. Those are required, guys. If you're not doing those, buck up. Let's get, let's get on that one, okay? But pick one person, one family to love with God's kind of love and meaning, which means you're not looking for what you can get in return, and you're going to show this love for, for some time over not just a a momentary thing, but a a long period of time. Pick that person, pick that family, and make this your Advent gift to God. That's my challenge to you. That's how we can practice this mission of representing Jesus well. That's how we can show Jesus. We can be that kind of light in this world and, and show people what it looks like to experience God. Love that doesn't ask for anything in return. There's this gentleman that's part of this church. Uh, he's been part of the church since the very beginning of the church. And because of that, I've heard him pray a number of times. And whenever he prays, it's not every time, but often when he prays, he has this phrase that he says that I just find so fun. He says, to the God who invaded space and time. To the God who invaded space and time. That's the reality of Christmas. Jesus invaded time and space and altered everything for the better with his love. Let's represent Jesus well. Let's be the kind of people who purposefully step into other people's time and space and care like Jesus cared. Not forcing ourselves on them, but giving of ourselves to them. And let's make it our gift to God this season. Let's be that kind of church family that loves like Jesus loves, that represents Jesus well, that's that kind of light of love in this community. If you want to take that step and ask God to help you do so and know who to do it for, would you pray with me right now as we finish? Dear God, thank you so much for your love, for your chesed, the kind of love that only you can really show fully. 
So as we get to know that kind of love from you, God, the, the kind of love that we'll never fully understand, but the kind of love that makes all the difference, help us, God, to be that kind of people to others. Give us a person, give us a family that comes to mind that we can care for and love without expecting anything in return, especially this season. And help us share that light of your love this season. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.